Hey, this is Jaron Vega, your mentor at the Business Implementation Academy. If you're wanting to learn to embrace change and navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast with my good, good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show. Leadership is changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to a very special episode today. This is episode 100. That's right, 100, and it's just absolutely fantastic to be here. Uh, with you listeners, and I have a special guest here with me. His name is Juru Tigar, and Juru is the president and founder of the Business Implementation Academy, an organization committed to empower digital creators, knowledge entrepreneurs, course creators, and membership site owners to get unstuck and out of the overwhelm so that they can implement and launch their products easier, faster, simple leading to more income, impact, and freedom. He was born in Kenya and grew up through a life of struggle, and he'll talk a little bit more about that struggle when we when I um, when I bring him into the show. And uh, he actually went on to where he was actually working there, and he was uh, went on to create a very successful freight company and achieving tremendous success at a very young age. He sold his company and then moved to South uh, South Africa, Southern Africa, and led the offices to the Kenya National Airline, Kenya Airways. And then he was uh, leading two country offices, running a budget over $40 million and uh, teams in both countries. But one day, Juru embarked on uh, the most pivotal and life-changing journey of his life. He decided to move to America to pursue a dream, becoming his very best. He came to America with $749 to a country he's never been to, to a city he's never been to, and seeking a teacher that he never met. His journey had led him to be trained and mentored by the world's greatest leadership teacher, John C. Maxwell. He's been on several stages with numerous leaders like John Maxwell, Seth Godin, uh, Nick Wojcik, uh, Les Brown, James Wedmore, and many more. Today, he empowers, he works to empower others to grow their leadership and be successful in their businesses. Juru, a massive welcome to you on this 100th episode. Wow. Wow. Well, listen... First and foremost, thank you for having me. I am ecstatic. One, because it's the 100th session. This is a huge mile mark. So congratulations for uh, the amazing work, for the difference you're making. And you know what? I want to celebrate you for your consistency, man. 100 
100 episode is no joke, serving the world and serving leaders. So congratulations. And I'm just honored. I, I am honored to be with you here, my friend. This has been uh, in the works for a little while. So listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And congratulations for all the work you're doing. Thank you. And, you know, I I know it's been in the works for a little while for you and I to get together and do this. And, um, and it's a real pleasure to have you here because I thought, oh, wow, what an awesome person to have on the 100th episode. And the way it's just worked out, it's just been brilliant. And I share a little bit with our listeners about your background. And you talk a little bit in your in your actual introduction, well, the, your bio, and a little bit about your the way you grew up and through a life of struggle. Tell us a little bit more about your background and how it was for you as a as a little child, then moving into adult hold and then onto into the US. Sure. Oh, well, thank you. Once again, you know, it, it's a joy and it's a it's it's I'm really honored to be here. Listen, I, I grew up in Kenya and I grew up in uh, I, I joke around and I say we were upper poor, which simply means we were just above the threshold. Right. We, mm-hmm. we we survived. I I was born to a very young mother. My mother was 17 when she gave birth to me. And basically, I moved from my mother um, straight to my grandmother. And my grandmother became my mother. My grandmother right. was older. She was a summer stress for the uh, council, the city council in uh, Nairobi. And we she... She did her very best. At her old age, she she worked every day and took me to school. I went to a you know basic council school, and and there were really you know there were three pivotal women in my life. There was my grandmother, there was my aunt, and there was my mother. Those were the three women that really shaped my life. And while we didn't have much financially, there was an abundance of love. There was an abundance of three women that taught me leadership from the very beginning. There was an abundance of three women who taught me that I was more than my environment, that I could live outside my current conditions and circumstances. So they shared, you know, the little that we had, uh, I, I, I joke around and I say, my mother taught me adventure. I, my journey to America was nothing more than my, what my mother taught me. I've traveled the world from, from, the, from the sidling of a woman who did the same. My aunt taught me the basics of making my bed, learning how to cook, the survival things that I that have kept me in the world. You know, my grandmother taught me family, taught me God, taught me what it really meant to. She taught me relationship. Now, my life really changed uh, at the age of of seventeen, actually eighteen. In Kenya, we do a national exam that qualifies you to go to university. Mm-hmm. And on that morning we started, I lost my mother. Now, here was oh, the, the morning of the exam. Uh, the morning of the exam. I literally wow. woke, I woke up and went to school to do my, my first paper and came back home and my mom had passed away. Wow. So I went to school, a guy who decided he wanted to come to the U.S. to become a pilot. I, I wanted to do so many things and I came back that evening and I did not have bus fare to go to school the next day. Mm. And that was the first shift. A year later, my aunt passed away. She had been unwell for a little while, and she left five kids. So here I am, 19, lost two important people in my life, and I just inherited five kids. Youngest was four years old. So not only have I become now a father, a provider, two years after that, my grandmother passed away. So in a span of four years, everything that I knew, Dennis, as as life or structure had disappeared. Now, I was an only child, and now I have five kids to bring up. And 
And so I really moved on, you know, really, and, and I jump a lot of journeys of struggle of providing, you know, we barely had school fees. Uh, I, I went back home when we couldn't afford it. But all through my life, Dennis, I was always a leader in my crew. And I was always an entrepreneur. I have sold from doves to rabbits to everything. <laughs> I was always the guy. I was always the guy who knew that, you know, now that I had a soccer ball, I, I could charge a fee for those who didn't have it so I could make some little bit of money. So I was always an entrepreneur. And that's what saved me when I lost my family. I immediately became an entrepreneur, ended up working for somebody who had a freight forwarding company within a little short while. I ended up starting my own company. And Kali, I'm 22, 23, and I was making more money than my entire family had ever made. I was freight forwarder for the big national companies and, and nonprofits and diplomatic missions. And, and so I was, you know, and really, I, as I share this, this was really my own personal growth and my own journey. And mm-hmm. here I was, I was a rich, poor boy. I had a rich, poor boy. Wow. I had, I had all the trappings of money. I could dress, I could belong to the golf club that I only wished I could have gone to, I could drive the car that I wanted to, but I I did not know what it meant to actually have a relationship with money. Right. I did not know what it meant to be mentored. I, I sat in circles of people who would have made me billionaire, but I did not understand the relationship of what it meant to be mentored. Mm-hmm. I did not understand what it meant to be in a group and not be the smartest. And yeah. so, you know, that journey went on and, and I met one guy. He was, he was he, somebody had invited us on a, on a maid, uh, it was a maiden flight into Sudan. And I met the, then the CEO of Kenya Airways and he was a, he was a Dutchman. And he's the first guy that I actually experienced great leadership so close that he convinced me immediately. It took me two years. Let me not say it took me two years. And I decided that I actually wanted to learn from this guy. And I sold my business. And he, I got an opportunity to go and work for Kenya Airways. And that was my first mentor. That's the first person who mentored me. And what, what age were you then when, he, when you discovered that? I was probably 25. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you've actually had, you know, like uh, quite a, f- a few years there with some money and some success and so forth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But as you, twenty-five, twenty-six. I'd yeah. But as you said, yep. yeah. And as you said, it wasn't. It was you had people in front of you, but you just didn't realize the actually the understand the relationship there and how that could actually help you to go on to other levels until absolutely. you were ready, uh, which was later on. Yeah. Absolutely. And and here 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 it was is you've got to remember that uh, my my self-worth was attached to how much I had and what I could what I could show because I had never had these things. You gotta remember I'm a guy who passed by the golf golf course on a bus. And now I belonged to the golf course. I, I was a member of the golf club. Those two things were just a reality. And so I, I got caught by the trappings of the little money. And so I thought that was what was money. And I thought that was what was leadership. And the more I had the less happy I was. The more I had, the more empty I was. I walked to the walk, talked the talk, dressed the part, but completely empty. Yeah. Wow. And so what an amazing background you just shared there and, and the experience and that journey 
what you what you went through. You know, um, two important people in your lives gone. You've inherited five kids, nineteen years of age, yep. and then you go on to as an entrepreneur because you knew that you had to do things. And the first time I met you years ago in the United States when we were there together. The first time I met you was, I, I just saw you with this presence there, a guy, strong guy, knowing, but what what I still remember today, and even as I think about you today, your shoulders, it was like, this is a guy whereby he can carry a lot of load on him. And I'm sure, Jura, mm-hmm. at times, it's not easy for you to carry a lot of loads on you, but I think you as a change person, you've experienced so much change in your life, even when you're at 19 years of age and so forth. And what was going on for you and even today you carry that load on you and i know that you are a, a, a special person who can actually help others go forward as well which is which is really 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 quite cool well thank you thank you yeah thank so you. how did you how did, how did you i mean you i think you've actually answered the question a bit about how you got into leadership because you know you've talked about that, those stories but is there anything else you might want to share about how you oh, got I, into leadership? I, I gotta tell you this is very, this is very interesting so i'm i'm in south africa now and, you know, then I was, you know, flying everywhere and I was, you know, this little big shot. And, you know, when you're when you're traveling around, you go to the airport and you buy books, right? You're supposed to mm-hmm. look smart. So I bought a book called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, uh, yep. which I, I had never read. So I am now 27, 28, 29. The last book I read was when I was 18, when I was getting out of high school. And one night I'm in Santum, Johannesburg. It was a Friday. I picked that book. And I sat with that book, Dennis, and I could not sleep. That was the first time I actually realized after reading that book that there was actually this whole concept of leadership and it could be learned. Because up until then, I had been a positional leader. I I led by my position. I led by my authority. But Mm -hmm. for this first time, I actually picked up this book and I said, my God, I want this. So this is what what happened. Three months later, I quit my job, and I decided I was actually going to come to America to seek the author of this book that I had never seen. This is the first book I had read about leadership. I was seeking a guy called John Maxwell I had never met. I was embarking on a journey that I had no clue. I'd never been to America. I did not even know what to expect. So I took my little savings that I had at the point in time, and I, have, I had a daughter back home, so I left the money there, and I embarked. I left Kenya with $1,000. I went into London, went into a travel agency, and I said, I would like to buy a ticket to Atlanta, Georgia. Why Atlanta, Georgia? Behind the book, it said that John Maxwell had an office in a place in Atlanta called Duluth. And I said, I'm going there. Crossed, I came to America, suitcase, a Bible I had never read, the 21 Refutable Laws, $749, seeking a mentor that I had never met, on a journey I'd never been, to a country I'd never been, to a city I'd never been. Amazing. And, and, and Dennis, in, in that pursuit, I come in and golly, my first, I mean, literally when you come to the airport in Atlanta, right across the airport, there's a Best Western. I mean, then I checked into the Best Western paid for a week and that was welcome to America and took a train the next day and, and all that stuff. And, and it was a journey. And he, it really to share this with you is in under a year, Dennis, I was cutting grass. I was working for, for a landscaper to put food on my table. You got to remember I was flying first class a year ago. Yes. I had a driver, a pool, a swimming pool. I mean, I, I had, I had the trappings and now I'm cutting grass 
pursuing a dream that I have no idea what to do. But that's the first time, Dennis, I met me. That's the first time I began to learn how to lead me. I began on this journey of discovering myself. That and is that is awesome, huh? <laughs> it it was, and my I I was so broke I couldn't even afford the leadership books. Let me tell you, I would go to the bookstore. It was $17 and I couldn't afford it. So you know what I'd do? I'd open the leadership books I was reading and then hide them and take and go and hide them in the section of under cookery or technology because when they arrange them, I, I can hopefully come back and find the book the next day. Yep, yep. Fast forward nine years to date. Now, I, I went to John's office and my first leadership books were in his office and I went in and there was nothing. They would make me pack books for conferences and they would give me the you know one book and I'd go in. That was my first journey of leadership, of learning and growing. But I knew there was no going back. There was no way that I was going back. It was easy for me to go back to Kenya and get a job. It was easy for me to go back to the environment I knew. It was easy for me to go back to the same crowd of people who I knew. And in that case, that was my comfort zone. Isn't it, isn't it interesting how it is easy to go back to our comfort zones? And for a lot of people, they don't want to go out and do what like you've done, whereby they've gone and risked everything. They've gone and said, okay, I don't have much. and Let's go and do something and pursue that dream. Yep. And they don't follow it. They don't go ahead and do it. And then what they realize is, oh, it's so much easier. Well, it's not easy. It's just the comfort zone, right? And so I can go ahead and do that. But you've just got to really acknowledge you for what you've done and, and how you did that. And, and, you know, getting there to the John Maxwell office, I, you know, which is just fantastic. I, I've just got, uh, listeners, I've just got this smile on my face just listening to the story here uh, that Jura is sharing with us in relation to it. And, um, yeah, it's fantastic. So the question I've got you for you now, and I don't know whether yeah. this, who's going to be. Now, this person could be alive or from history. Who's your favorite leader and why? Oh, Wow. They are different leaders. I, I think right now for me, when I look at um, in the realm of leadership, I, I have to say John Maxwell right now. One, because not only have I had an opportunity to see him, to see his impact, but I've also had an opportunity to see him evolve. Hmm. You know, being a part of, of the John Maxwell team as founder members, but, you know, just being in that whole part of him coming from just understanding, you know, self-leadership to, to team leadership and understanding success and then seeing significance where he's now impacting worlds and countries. That for me is, is, is why I pick him. And why I pick him is because that's practical leadership. A right. lot of people talk about leadership and positional and, and in a world where today we are, I don't even know whether to call it deficit. I mean, we are anemic to leaders and leadership. We are, we are at a place where we have glorified the worst of leadership. It's, it, it is so refreshing to see somebody like him who's leading people. And, and I think, you know, leadership is nothing, you know, as he's taught us, it's leadership is influence. And watching him seeing the impact that, that has, he's had in the global world excites me. In the world of um, business, uh, you know, I, I'm, I think Elon Musk is, is pretty uh, interesting. I, I like people who are unconventional. I like people who are willing to put their stake in the ground and try something that has never been tried. And, and you like him or not, you know, they, somebody said it to me, you know, like me or hate me, there's no money in between. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but I like the fact that here was a guy who was willing to go into a world and, and change the direction on how we look at climate today and look at how we're looking at energy. So there are probably two people that I, um, I really, I really admire. Yeah, and I, I agree with you in, about both of them. And, you know, with John as well, just to see him, how he, it's almost like he just cuts the noise out of what's yeah. going on around the world. And he's in there to do, as you said, the practical leadership stuff and teach people what they need to do as leaders to get on with that rather than, you know, doing things and getting stuck in the, in the, in the weeds, if I can put it that way. That's true. And, and here's what I think, and I love what you just said, that he cuts the noise out. I think you cut the noise out when you're a leader who's on a mission. Yeah, sure. Sure. He, there's no doubt that you, when you're in his presence, you do understand that he's on a mission. He's out to achieve something. So if it doesn't fit in, then it falls out. Yep. And I, I love that you point that out. And I think that even if you think about your story as well, where you just said before, there was no way of going back, no way of going back to that easy, that comfort zone, right? So that was also cutting that noise out and knowing there was no way to turn back. So if you can cut the noise out and you're on a mission, and I know you oh, yeah. still are on a mission, then you're, you're just going to keep going forward, which is what Elon Musk is doing too, right? I mean, he's on a mission and yeah, yeah really important stuff for sure. Uh, and I got to say this, you know, when we think of leadership and, and I get, you know that when John, this, it took me nine years to have an opportunity to actually learn from John. And the day he opened the John Maxwell team, I only had $1,000 between me wow. and anything. And it was $5,000 to get in. Yep. I called and begged my way through, and they allowed me. I was the only person who joined it on a payment plan. <laughs> now, when, when, when you tell me, when we wow. went to the first event, yes, this is when we went to the founder's event, if I had lost a dollar, Dennis, I would not have gone back home. I, didn't, I, I could only afford one meal. When we went out for breaks, I would walk out. It was in West Palm then. I would walk out and go to the next two other hotels because my stomach was rumbling in how hungry I was. But I, I, there, there was no going back. Now, when you tell me later on that I have shared the stage with this guy uh, numerous times, I have had an opportunity to be mentored by this guy. I've had an opportunity to introduce him on stage numerous times. Do you want to tell me that dreams are not possible? Yeah. When you I mean, when you make up your mind, when you say when you cut out the noise, when you say there is no going back, anything is possible. It doesn't matter. My story could be different. Uh, everybody else is dealing with something different, and it doesn't have to be that. You, here's what I know: I had to cross continents to believe in that. Most mm. of us have to cross the continents between their two years. Yep, yep. That's beautiful. That's, that's beautiful. It. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that's that's wonderful. And listeners. You know, what's holding you back, listeners? I mean, just think about it. And Jura is just sharing this wonderful story here and how he's gone on that journey then to meet with John Maxwell. John Maxwell, a beautiful speaker, great author, and a, and a wonderful man. And just being able to hear him go through the journey. And I was there with him, with Juru and John Maxwell at that first founders meeting. And, and um, you know, you're there in your own little bubble, if I can put it that way, at that event and things like that. And you think about, oh, certain things. But there's other people who are there, who are going through more, who actually gone ahead and actually go, what's the word I want to use? So not sort of the, the striving, everyone's striving for the same thing, but for others they've paid a bigger price and they're still paying a bigger price. I'm not sure the word that I'm looking for there. but um, yeah, Well, I think we all, here's what you, I think here's what you're trying to say, Dennis. Um, everybody got to pay a price. Yeah. 
it just varies, right? For some people, it's but everybody's got to pay a price. And I think the lesson behind this is if you want to be your best, if you want to have the, the impact that you want, if you want to live a life that that is meaningful, if you want to look back and say, hey, you know what? I left it all. You got to pay a price. Yep. Yep. I mean, think think about this. It's been what almost what eight nine years yes. that we got to, we got to meet at this particular event, and and you want to know the beauty about it. Some things for me is 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 the quality of the life I get to meet you, Dennis. Yeah, I get to have this conversation with you years later, and and I and this is what's very interesting, listeners. I may not speak to you every other day, but every time I speak to you, it sounds like it was yesterday. Oh, I agree. Me too. Exactly <laughs> like that. So and um. I know that even when we're messaging each other, we call each other brother. And um, and I mean we, it from the bottom of my heart. Me too. And it's like, you know, if we're in if we're in somewhere and something is in trouble, you're in trouble, I'm there. It's just the way it is. And yep. that's just, uh, just a beautiful thing to see. So cut the noise out, especially yep. when you, you tend to cut the noise out when you're on a mission team. And listeners, what mission are you on today? And what can you do today? And what are you, I wouldn't say sacrifice, but what price are you willing to go and pay to go ahead and do that? I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about what are you willing to go and step up to do, go and chase that dream that you want and uh, get uh, get underway. Yes, your coffee may not be warm enough to do or hot enough today. I get all that. But it comes down to the fact, how big is your why? How big is your dream? And uh, it's really important. So, Juru, the show here is called Leadership is Changing, and sure. I'm loving this conversation uh, with you. The leadership is changing. When we talk about that, what does that mean for you? Uh, well, so I, I, I want to look at it from two, two, two perspectives. Um, one, I want to start from a personal level. Um, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yep. You're not in the leadership game. If you're not growing, you're dying. <laughs> and that means investing in yourself, investing in your growth, investing in listening to podcasts like this, surrounding yourself with people who are going somewhere. It means that you are doing the, the, the inside work so that you can show up and show out as the right leader. If you're not doing that, leadership is leaving you behind. Leadership is changing. Mm -hmm. no, number two, I want to talk about it from a leading perspective. I think the era of authoritarian is gone. Today, you lead people. You lead mm -hmm. people, one, by example. You lead people by connection. You lead people by understanding people where they are. The greatest leaders of this next generation of our time are going to be the people who are going to listen more and talk less. Leadership has changed. The days when you told people to face left and they all faced left is long gone. People are, are smarter, people are more educated, people are more exposed. Uh, the internet has made it a level playing ground. And so people can see good leadership across the board. You know, when you think even in the political world and think about the evils that you're seeing in some places, it's because of, of people are seeing different. People, mm. people have traveled. People are now going back and saying, oh, well, this doesn't fit. This, this doesn't work. Uh, great leadership rises to the top. 
and, and it's exposed. So the days when, when you are a positional leader where you led because of, of, of what you can do and what you think you have are gone. I think those days are gone. So I, I think if you want to position yourself for the future, you got to be growing and you got to be relating to people. Yeah. Yeah. Too right. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And I love it what you say. The successful leaders of the future are going to be the ones that listen more and talk less. And yeah. I think that's just so powerful, just with that, what you're sharing there as well. Hey, um, if there was one thing you could change in, in, a, uh, in business as a leader today, what would it be? I think that the, the one thing that I would change today is, is for business to start realizing that they do business with humans. I think the greatest businesses that value people the great businesses that understand people, the great businesses that connect with, with people exactly where they are, and the great businesses that give a clear pathway of how they can help you come from where they are to where they want to go are going to be the businesses that are going to stay longest, that are going to have the greatest following, and mm -hmm. are going to have the greatest success. I, I think the era where you know, even when I work with my students, there's one thing we don't do. We, we actually, like one of the exercises we do is really getting clear to understand what your audience wants. In the world, they're called avatars. I haven't met an avatar yet. <laughs> yeah. right? Right? And it, it works in some different languages. But when I can get an opportunity to actually understand that the work that I do, yep. the opportunity that I have to create something that makes a difference, makes a difference in another human being's life. When I actually understand that what the level of my contribution is in making the difference, I think that for me is is a really the one thing that I'm really committed to changing. That I, I want to I want to do want to do business for people's sake, not for yep. business sake. Yep. Yeah. Cool. And you know what? When you're saying that making that impact, I mean, I, another episode that I talked about and the voice, the journey of the voice, and so forth is the voice of impact. And um, that that those words actually came from a friend of ours, uh, Joanna Kreese, um, who's another founding member of John Max. When she said to me, Dennis, that journey is around about the voice of impact rather yeah. than the voice of silence. And I think the thing here is that if we can, as going back to what you're saying having that impact on people, it's a positive impact. It's an impact that's actually a multiplier or a growth mindset where a lot of people are trying to be leaders and they're trying to have impact on people. Well, they're not even trying. They're just they're having impact on people, but it's negative and it's yeah. not good. And so, Jerry, I, I love what you're saying here. It's about that and it's about good for business to realize it's a business of people. And um, so many times over the years, I've seen they've always talked about three pillars. They've talked about their customers, they talk about strategy, and then they talk about, and then the last thing they leave right to the end is people. It's people. And I, yep. and I think that needs to be up front. Yeah, it, it does. And, and honestly, Dennis, I think, you know, and it goes back, and I really like there's something that you said around here about the journey of impact. The big switch for me has come on from the fact that if we did business, with significance as our goal, success is guaranteed. Yep. If we did business for the sake of success, hoping to achieve significance one day, it's elusive. 
when we start with people and the impact we want to have and the difference we want to make, and here's what it is, is that sometimes we shy away and we think that I have to have money, I have to have this, or I have to have achieved that. That's the context. That's the limiting context and view that says I, I have to be before, I have to have before I can be. But imagine if people interacted with you and your business and your world and your leadership as being the person and the leader that you are in the world and who you're declaring yourself as now in the moment. What they experience is a future possibility now. Yeah, yeah. They want to work with somebody who is making a difference. I, 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 I believe beyond anything today, business. Uh, and the and the power of entrepreneurship is there so that we can make a difference. There's somebody somewhere you can make a difference. There's somebody somewhere who's the, the, the gifting that you have is not for you, is to serve others. And if you can find that, here's what happens. Not only do you make the world a better place, but I guarantee you find meaning, you find purpose, you find mission, you find joy. It, you you find people, relationships. Yeah. You get up every morning knowing that, you know what? Today is a gift. I'm glad to be here. I want to do what I'm doing because I make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. And just the passion. Listen to the passion in Jury's voice as he's sharing that uh, team. Beautiful. People want to work with a leader that can make a difference. And right. if you can, and, and I tell you what, there are a lot of millennials out there today. They, that's what they're looking for. And if they can't find it, guess what they do? They vote with their feet. They're off. And uh, they'll let the world know that that leader there is not good. <laughs> and so, yep, they look, they're definitely looking for it. And I, I think you've already answered my other question, which uh, another question I had, which was about employees' expectations of leaders. Have, has it changed? And I think you've already answered that because you've talked about how people are looking for people to lead uh, with an example and so forth. And what we just talked about now with millennials and so forth. Because people are looking for others or leaders to make a difference, which is sure. And here's something, Dan. I've had this millennial conversation really being very interesting. Like we've almost blamed the millennials yeah. like they're not. But is it a possibility that they're calling us out? Mm -hmm. I totally agree. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're actually calling us out into what is possible for ourselves. We are stuck in an, in an era where we actually think they are a bother because they, they really are reflecting what we are not willing to look at. What yep. we are, my daughter is a millennial. And I tell you, you know, she stretches my thinking, man. She, she will think and I'll look at it and think, okay. Now, in my old world, not even to think in my grandmother's world, that, that, would, be, that would be a whole mess. Uh, she, would, she would die. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> but then for me to, to, to embrace her, and realize that, oh, wow, you know, um, if I lead her, if I empower her, if I give her the tools, she will thrive. Yeah, yeah. Forces me to become that new kind of leader in her life and in those that I serve. Yep, too right. And so I think you're right. I mean, they are calling us out. And, and, and the thing here is this, they're hungry. They want okay. to learn. And, uh, and if they don't see a strong leader, and I don't see a purpose there. They're off and good on them. So I agree with what you're saying there for sure. Well, what makes a leader successful today in a fast-paced, ever-changing world? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I, I, in my view, I think a leader, a successful leader in this fast-pacing world is one who allows others that he leads to thrive. Nice. Allows I, others. I, I, 
others to thrive. I think the one who who's a lid lifter for others, the one who lets others be their very best, because it goes just back to what you said in a, a while ago. They 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 they'll walk away. But it, it, today's leadership, I think, the thriving of today's leadership is is how well could you lead and coach those around you to be their very best. And in that, they find purpose, they find connection, they find, you get longevity from people like this. Hmm. You know, yep. They find purpose, they find meaning, they, they're excited to come to work. And, and I mean, I think the olden days of nine to five, and I mean, let's think about 2020. This whole concept of going to work at eight o'clock and coming to, was, was blown apart. Yep. You know, people are working from home, people are working from their cars, people are working from wherever. Everything has changed. And and even now, learning to lead this these teams that are scattered, learning to lead these teams that don't come into the same room, is calling for a new level of leadership. Mm-hmm. It's it's trust leadership, it's it's empowered leadership, it is uh, equipping leadership because you they're, you're not they're not in the same environment. You still need to lead the ship. But now you've got to be a captain of all these guys who are all over. And, and so it's calling for us to really be a different leader. And I think that's what's going to take to be a successful leader. Yep, captain of the ship. And I think you're in a different seas. We're in different waters at the moment. So we're having to, uh, as we use, adapt and so forth. And um, yeah, it's really interesting to see where it goes. And I think a lot of leaders, a lot of people are actually struggling. And, I, and, I, and I, what I mean by that is that I'm, I'm working with a lot of leaders at the moment to help them understand how to lead virtually. Now, for me, I've done that for 20-something years, and it's easy. But however, it is for some, it's really new. But they are physically, mentally, and emotionally tired because they've been in lockdown since March last year, and they're just really, really tired. But they go from their bedroom, and they transition to the workplace, which is in their bedroom because their desk's there or in their lounge or the kitchen. So they don't have that transition of a car ride or a bus or a train, whatever. And it's quite interesting. And so... Yes, you're right. There, there is new waters for them to actually start to to, to lead in uh, for sure. So it's going to ask for them to do different things. So here's an interesting question for you. I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out here and start thinking about the future. Where do you see leadership in five years? Wow. Um, I see leadership in five years. Wow, that's a great question. <laughs> that's a great question because – Crystal ball seems to be broken every week. So (laughs) (laughs) I think I see leadership being decentralized. I think there's going to be more smaller teams. I think there's going to be a greater need for development. And I think there's going to, here's what I think. I think there's going to be a change and a more succinct, more deeper appreciation and more investment in leadership development than there's ever been. Mm. I think now more than ever, uh, I tell, you know, the team that I work with, I say, one of the things that I'm really interested in, and I say this is that the future of our leadership is going to be that if somebody ever has the opportunity to work with you, Dennis, and they happen to move on to something else in life, I hope and I pray that they can look back and say, I am today because I worked with Dennis. I am today because I learned from Dennis. And I think when we position ourselves at at that level, when you position yourself as a business owner, when you position yourself as a business trainer, I think we are now in the business of, of, of growing leaders. We are now in the business of empowering and equipping leaders more than ever 
And, and I think the myth of that, that they select few or the myth that you have to go through this you know, hierarchy, yeah. I think that's gone. I don't think in five years, you know, today you're seeing kids who are going online and two years later, a year later, he's leading a million dollar business. That kid needs leadership right now. Yep. Yep, <laughs> you know, and, and, right. and is leading a team or is leading something and whatever it is. But but I think that we are getting to that stage where entrepreneurship is becoming more exciting. The world is becoming more smaller. We're having more global teams across the world. So you're working you know, across the world, leading and doing commerce around the world, moving people around the world. So I think it's going to get more decentralized than it's ever been. I think it's going to get simpler, easier, and I think it's going to have a greater and higher appreciation. Nice. Simple leadership. That'd be wonderful, but uh, effective. And uh, I think you're right. I mean, I think that's part of our, that's our responsibility is to develop other leaders for the future. And, you know, and, you know, I know some leaders get upset because they want to hang on to that talent or when the talent decides they want to move on, they get upset that, oh, I've invested so much in them and now they're leaving. Well, come on. Just going back to what you're saying, Jerry, this is our success story, right? I mean, it's part of our story. And, and hopefully they are going to talk about us in the future in a positive sense and that we weren't something that the, the other reason why they left, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's really important that they do that. So, which is, which is fantastic. Juru, thank you so much for joining me on this hundredth episode of the Leadership is Changing podcast. It's been a real pleasure having you here. If, if our listeners are wanting to get hold of you, how, how do they do that? Um, you, you can you can connect with me on my website, uh, the, uh, the www.thebusinessimplementationacademy.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram or both my names, Jaron Degar on Instagram. I would absolutely, you know, love to connect. And, you know, again, you know, and I want to say this, Dennis, before we go, you know, you know, today is a really special day. Yeah. You know, not, not only do we celebrate your 100th episode, I celebrate your health, my friend. I celebrate your health. I celebrate the fact that, that you, you had recent great news and in your health. And, and here's what I celebrate. I celebrate that, that we have an opportunity to continue learning from you. I celebrate the fact that you continue um, adding value to people. I celebrate the fact that um, who you are to the world is not finished. So I, I am truly, truly doing a happy dance for you, my friend. I am grateful, brother. I am grateful that you're well. And, you know, from here, just keep doing it, man. Awesome. Thank you, brother. I just really appreciate you being here. And uh, it's, real, it's a real pleasure. So thank you. Hey, listeners, if you haven't already checked out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing, feel free to go ahead and join that group. And if you're on LinkedIn, feel free to go and join the LinkedIn page, uh, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown, the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them, have a listen, put a review and a rating. Feel free to share them with your family and friends and your network. Hey, if there's any feedback you'd like to give me on the show, or if there's a question you'd like me to ask my guests as I interview them, or if there's a question for the Ask Dennis Freestyle episode, feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Once again, everybody, thank you for being our listeners. Thank you to the people I've interviewed at the time. Thank you to the support team that make this happen. And uh, it's been a real pleasure bringing these episodes to you and look forward to bringing you more as we talk about leadership is changing as we go forward throughout the years ahead. Until next time, bye for now. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 